0: It feels like a lot.
1: Yeah, it is a lot. And
0: like, are you ready for that? Yeah. In a role where you are the one doing that, you know, you are the one taking care of your mom or your dad.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you're ever ready for it. I mean, no. Yeah.
0: There's never like a readiness. No. But it's like, Like, here we go.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Normalize This, the most famous podcast Mm -hmm. in the world. Obviously, this is the show where we discuss whether or not ideas, trends, and behaviors should be normalized in everyday society. Mm. My name is Adam Rippon.
0: Oh, I like the way you said, my name is Adam Rippon, very documentary style. And my name, (laughs) and my name is Danielle Young.
1: I feel like this so far is going really well.
0: (laughs) The bar is low.
1: The bar is low, only about to get lower. Mm. But today, Danielle, yeah, I think this is just going to be a really interesting topic to talk about. Stop teasing the
0: people. What is it?
1: Okay. Oh, my God. We're going to get there what today. What is it? You're like, this topic. Oh, my God. This, this The topic? Top, I'm, like, let I'm me trying tell to get you extra about words this in here. Topic. Yeah, I'm like never going to talk about it. But today we're going to discuss parenting your parents. So, uh, Danielle, what do you think?
0: Mm, it is a responsibility, okay? Um, it is definitely something that sparks a lot of... Joy, emotion. because it's like, yes, I can. But then it's like, can I? Oh, my God. But it also sparks a lot of anxiety and a lot of pain and a lot of like, my God today. So I'm very,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm very
0: excited. And it's also very my God today. Yeah, it's like a therapy session where it's like, yeah, I'm very excited to go to therapy. But I also am like, oh, my God. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's um <laughs> I think it's going to be really interesting cuz I think that there's a point in every person's life if your parents are still alive as you get older that you, there's the first time you like see your parents as like human beings. Yeah.
0: As people that have just been here to take care of you. Yeah. Listen, well, well before we get into it cuz this is all good for the actual
1: yeah, 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 I'm saving, I'm bottling up, I'm <laughs> bottling up, I'm keeping it in.
0: Um, but if, as, stick with us. Adam's not going to just give you the whole podcast right now. Um, <laughs> we're gonna, <laughs> Later in the show, we're also going to do our favorite segment, a game we call Keep It or Curve It, where I and Adam decide what we love and cherish and hold in our hearts and live forever and what we're dragging to the streets.
1: Yeah, not even in His the bag. bag. It's just no straight to the streets. St- straight to it.
0: Yeah, no one wants
1: it. No one wants it. Danielle, do you have a fun fact about yourself today?
0: <sighs> My facts are always fun. I think they are. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. I think I want to lean it towards the topic of parenting your parents and one of my fun facts I think I may have shared this with you all my mom who I call my mom is actually my aunt she is my mother's sister and so I was raised by my aunt who I feel and know and love as my mother Mm -hmm. um and I think what's like It's not like fun because it's sad, but it's also beautiful that she stepped in to do something uh, like take care of her sister's children. But I think what's fun about it is that she's not my biological mom, but there's so much about me, including like how I look. But it's also like we're in the same family, of course, but like I feel Mm -hmm. like I am her daughter you know what I mean? Like, I've never felt oh, that's
1: so beautiful. Yeah. That I've is never so felt like beautiful. my
0: actual mom didn't exist, but it's just like the way that she raised us and has always included my mom and talked about her memory and stuff. It's just it's always been a very uh, beautiful gift and as you were talking about the idea of like not seeing our parents as, or starting to talk about before I interrupted mm-hmm. you um, not seeing no, her, I, I
1: needed that I needed because we're gonna get into
0: it but yes. um to not see our parents as parents and or people and see them as these people that have raised us and are, you know like it's really interesting to see someone like Her, like, it's like her taking us in was like, Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. of course, it's like the story, it's my life. But then now that I'm 38 years old and I think about like she was around that age or so when her life changed and she got three new children, to think about that outside of like the story, and of course, it's like the human of that, the person that she is, is really something. So, yeah, that is just like, What a human. What my a mama human. is, yeah.
1: Yeah, she really is. We what love a Beautiful her. person. Shout out what to you, really... Gwen.
0: Gwendolyn, peace.
1: We love you, Gwen. Yeah. And um, my fun fact, kind of like yours, yours was like really heartwarming and really beautiful. Um, mine is that I started using facial oil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your fun fact, listen.
1: <laughs> but wait, Danielle. I know. Welcome to I know, facial I know. oils. You were telling a beautiful story, but I want to know: Have you ever used like oils on your face? I just started. Yes, Adam. What? Yeah. No, the thing is that <laughs> I'm going to tell you as like a white yes. person, we're very behind the curve when and it you comes to not like, be. like we no, should.
0: It's tr- we have melanin that is doing a lot for us. You.
1: We don't. Don't. <laughs> no, we, li- we should be covered and slathered. And, and actually we're the, we're the driest people <laughs> on earth. Um, so, but now I'm getting wetter and wetter. So I, I love know. it. So that's I my love fun fact.
0: I Okay. What kind of oil was it
1: that you tried? Um, uh, Palmers. Do you, you ever use that? Like it's, they have one that, um. Like the is... cocoa butter Palmers? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's Look at you. fantastic. Straight oh, to the it's... black section. Well, listen, I'm going to what works. And I know (laughs) that's right. I'm going to what works. I thought I was
0: gonna hear something else. Some other essential oil that you were trying.
1: It's really nice to know. No, I'm going right to Palmer's to the source. Cocoa butter. The hundred percent because listen, I think. Wait until you discover
0: shea butter. Ooh.
1: Oh, I'm I'm ready. You know that I was And don't get
0: it unless it comes in a tub and it's real thick and hard to get out.
1: I that's exactly what I want. I want thick, hard to get out. <laughs> slather me up. Yeah, I'm gonna slide the, out I would of shea butter. I'll get my you house. some shea butter. It's going
0: to change your life.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to gatekeep the shea butter. No. Maybe, I don't know, Shea maybe. for every day. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, on that note of me finally moisturizing my cracking bleed <laughs> bleeding skin. Let's dig into this episode.
0: <laughs> I know it's bleeding. Okay. Because, oh, you know, California's <laughs> water is harsh. Harsh on the skin. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> yes. Very harsh. Let's get into normalizing parenting your parents. That has a lot of context to it. Yes, um, it does. I believe because it not it doesn't only come down to, like, their golden years and, like, where they're going to end up. Hopefully not a rest home, but, like... Someone that they raised or loved them for their whole lives as a home instead. But like the older you get, your parents feel like they become the kid.
1: Yeah, there's also moments where like, as you get older, you want to do things for your parents. But it, it ends up being sometimes the things that they would do for you. Like if they come to visit you, or if you see them, it's like you're the one taking them to dinner. You're the one bringing yeah. them to a new place and showing them around. And it's like the roles definitely feel at times like reversed. And yeah. of course, this is like the very sub layer of, of what we what we'll get into. Yeah,
0: because it's also facing their age. You know, facing my mom is now 71 years old, you know, seeing that she has indeed lived most of her life already Mm -hmm. and how that must feel for her and how she must reflect on that and how that can make her feel. Because that also was something, you know, especially in my 30s and just like knowing and learning that these people are also considering their mortality,
1: I know that that's it's a huge moment. It's like such a pivotal moment yeah. in in your life where you see that person as you that you've always seen as like you know just all the all powerful Oz, right? I
0: felt that way about my mom, that Oz ish kind of thing, and not wanting to disappoint her and not really getting a chance to like know her as that person, but just as this authority and someone who you know, wanted to do really, really good by me because obviously she had the other layer of parenting someone else's child and, you know, wanting to do the best job she could. And there's a lot of moments where I'm just like, ooh, could have did better. But Mm -hmm. I think part of growing up is releasing that. Yes. So that you can embrace them where they are. And be with them instead of preach at them, because it also comes down to their health and you don't make it that far, you know, 60, 70, 80, however old your parents are, plus without health issues for the most part, because, you know, it's how the human body works in a world that is so horrible. We don't have right. an ozone layer anymore. Like things, it's just hard to live. Yeah, we
1: we actually have, and we're gonna report this first, is that the ozone layer is kind of it's gone. She's actually. not even there. Like people are no. not living <laughs> as
0: long. And so, like knowing that your parents are, you know, creeping towards their their golden years, um, and knowing that you have to start making decisions around, you know whatever elements or things that they have going on. Like I remember when my grandmother, like she lived by herself up and through her 90s and then it got to the point where her just her mind wasn't as sharp and so she would leave things in the oven or leave the oven on mm-hmm. um, and certain things that became dangerous or like, you know, when she needed, like her hip would go out and so she wouldn't be able to like walk by herself. And so it was like realizing that she then had to be taken care of and seeing that, discussion happened between family members as a kid and and now knowing that that's a discussion that has to happen with my siblings. And even like, I didn't grow up with my dad, but he was in my life. There were visits, but not like a full on he raised me in the way that my mom did and the way that I'm connected yeah. to her. But he is my my biological father. And I I feel I love him. I'm connected to him. But I don't have a real relationship with him and I struggle with that because he wants that. And mm-hmm. I've even talked to my mom about it. And she's like, Yeah, he's reaching a point in his life where he is reflecting and he he's gonna need you. Yeah. Cause I'm my dad's firstborn, but I'm my mother's lastborn.
1: Got and it. And
0: okay. I think he's like Wanting to make sure, and it's crazy because he's he listens to this podcast, so I know he's going to hear this. So it's making me feel really weird to like be as vulnerable about it. But I, I know that it's like he's probably considering how we need to have the, a closer relationship or like looking at who he's going to be able to be taken care of by and things like that. And it kind of just makes me uncomfortable on his side because there's so much healing that I have to do because we
1: haven't had a relationship it, it's it can it's very complicated especially it if is. I think it's like when somebody looks their own mortality in the eye and they want to make things right i i, yeah. I really like re- and relate they to that, too. that because wouldn't you want that yeah but it's not you know like you're saying it's it's just like it's not that easy
0: it's not there's so much healing i have to do but as much as i i believe in urgency cuz i know we don't have the import like it, we don't have the luxury of time like we don't know when things can be over for me or for him or for my mom right and so it is important to do it now and i've been struggling with that because i i have an avoidance issue in general so do i <laughs> yeah and so it's like i avoid resolving our conflict but I know that there's a time like we are reaching elderly ages for my parents and I need to be thoughtful about what is available to them especially what I can offer them
1: yeah and it's hard finding that balance of like of of having that urgency but also making sure that like you're putting yourself first yeah but I don't like well yeah but when
0: it comes to that it's like having children, you can't really afford to actually be selfish, like you do yeah. have to put them because they depending on what their health is, they're gonna need you right and so it's it's a different type of responsibility that i I don't want to reject, but I am having a hard time like wrapping my head around it, you know, and i I'm curious yeah. about you like with your parents like are they healthy um do you have those relationships like how what is what does that look like
1: you know what let's get into it you know like my my parents are about the same age they're in their early 60s i've always been really close with my mom i've always been really close with her mm-hmm. and i didn't live at home when I was like younger, when I was like a r- young teenager, that's when I started like living away from home because I was training and a hopeful a- Olympic hopeful mm-hmm. young kid figure skater. And so um, I didn't spend a lot of time with my dad. And my dad was always like, my dad is a really good person. And he's really kind. And I just think that like what I was doing was just something that like he couldn't relate to. And I think that we butt heads a lot. Mm. It wasn't that he wasn't supportive of it. It, it, because he was and he was proud of what I was doing. And I think what he didn't love was that it, I didn't have like a normal, you know, quote unquote, normal childhood. You know, like I wasn't at home. I wasn't going to school like my other siblings were. And I think that he didn't like that. He never vocalized that. It was just something I felt and I internalized And so as I got older, I think I definitely made some distance between Mm -hmm. us. I hear that. And as my parents have gotten older, and as I've seen them more as people and less as my parents you know, I still see them as my parents and, you know, all of that. But like, you know, you, you like you can just see them from the outside. And it's like, I'm, I'm about the age when my parents had two kids at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I can relate to like where they were in their life and what they were doing compared to like what I'm doing in, in my own, you know, personal life. And so I think some of the things that like maybe I internalized and took really personally I'm now, like, as an adult, reanalyzing it, and I'm looking at it, and i'm I'm realizing the things that i that re- really hurt my feelings that it wasn't on purpose, and that, like, you know, I think that like I really believe that my dad was, like doing his best,
0: yeah, it was like where they were as people.
1: it was, yeah, and it that's was where really they really
0: hard to stomach because it's like, well, I'm an innocent child and like right. you are supposed to be responsible for me and oh the the pipeline to p- difficult parent relationships like you know that typical teen angst all that like to then needing to care give and take for your parent is very long and weird it's a very weird journey
1: yeah it is and
0: it requires the kid us in the scenario to be the bigger person because it's uh, even in, because my mom tried her best to take care of my grandma. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, and we've, I feel like we've discussed this on the podcast before, but my grandma birthed 13 children. Yeah. Um, not all of them are, were alive and are, you know, were living at the time of her health decline and, and her going into a home. But and not all of them were there in North Carolina, but a majority of them were. And out of all of them, my mom was pretty much like the most, the one with the most ailments. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. my mom has yeah. always had a lot of things going on with her health that have been very hard to navigate. But her heart, you know, she's the type of person that'll take in three kids that don't belong to her. And so she tried her best to do that with my grandma yeah. and ended up in the hospital <laughs> And try it again. And it's tough because you, and in my grandma's case, she was, you know, 100 plus at this time. And so it's like, you know, her mobility and having to to bathe her and having to um, take her to the bathroom. And this is a lot of information, but, you know, God bless. Because I know people feel connected to us in, in different ways and like life is real. But like my grandmother would soil herself and mm-hmm. having to be a sickly person trying to clean up an adult who has soiled themselves, it's yeah. like it, it was a disaster.
1: Well, you know, this is like it, it, it goes to a point that I wanted to talk about of like the one of the first times I really saw my mom as like a human being person yeah. was um, my mom was um, one of seven. She was the sixth of seven kids that my grandmother had. And as my grandmother was getting older, my mom was one of the younger siblings. And my grandma had like a really bad heart attack mm-hmm. when I was born. You know, she was just always like such a spitfire. Like she just yeah. was like so much life, everything. So she had this really bad heart attack. You know, the priest was at the hospital, you know, giving her last rites. They didn't think that she was going to make it through. You know, This is like nineteen ninety. And so, um, you know, they didn't think that she was going to make it through. And then all of a sudden she like comes to it and she like turns to everybody and she's like, somebody get the Monsignor a chair. And like, <laughs> you know, she just all of a sudden was like, fine. And so as she was recovering, um, my grandma actually, she lived with us and she lived with us for a few, a few years. So my grandmother, like I, she was with us all the time when I was a really young kid. And yeah, then she that. she, she got so much healthier, and she was completely like just a real hearty Irish Catholic woman, mm-hmm. like you know, not going anywhere. And um, that's how I always knew her. You know, I always knew her as this like strong, independent, four foot ten woman. You know, when she started to, you know she she was always living on her own, and then it was just she had this like one fall at her apartment and she hit her head. And mm. then when she, after she hit her head, she was like in her like late 80s at this point. And when she hit her head, then that's when like she just really started to decline. And um, I could see like my mom dealing with the real life consequences of getting older.
0: Yeah, she's having to literally get, just take care of it. And probably as a mom, it's just happening. She's just taking care. But then it's also like, That's my mama. Yeah. That has to, it it feels like a lot.
1: Yeah, it is a lot.
0: And like, are you ready for that? Yeah. In a role where you are the one doing that, you know, you are the one taking care of your mom or your dad.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you're ever ready for it. I mean, no. I don't think, yeah, you know what I, yeah, like. There's never like a
0: readiness. No, but it's like. Like,
1: here we go. Right, like,
0: but are you do you have the mental capacity
1: to become right the parent
0: for your parent when the time comes because honestly like as healthy as either of our parents could be like anything can happen you know what I mean and it's like oh, it could yeah, be an yeah. overnight thing it doesn't even mm-hmm. have to be gradual so it's like damn are you ready
1: um no, I'm not. If I'm being really honest, I'm not. No, no, no. Because I'm not even I'm not.
0: like. I mean, I need to be ready to like hire some help because there's so much mm. that I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. Plus, like, not to be like ill, gross, but it's just ah, it's so much that I don't know if I can do.
1: Yeah, you know, and I don't. I, I this like there's a lot of beautiful parts to this of to be of being course. able to like care for someone. So I don't mean to make this like sad but like um well on that note i'd like to talk about when my mom's friends had brain cancer oh <laughs> basically what happened was like my mom had a friend who got brain cancer and she got really bad really quickly and she passed away mm-hmm. and then there was another friend of hers Who had a different cancer, and she passed away. And then my mom was talking with somebody else, and they were like, "Did you hear that this person had, you know, has brain cancer?" My mom was like, "No, that was, you know, her other friend." And they were like, "No, this this woman also has it." And my mom lost three of her close friends um, (sighs) to cancer, like very within uh, within one year.
0: Right, that's crazy, and
1: it was so hard i i i knew some of these like women as well and it was really hard for for me to see my friends like lose their um lose their parents
0: right but it was
1: really hard for my mom to see my friends lose their parents mm. and that was a it was really a really challenging like few years for my mom and it was really hard for me to see her struggle and kind of look at herself in the mirror and be like, I'm the same age as these women who I was really close with. And they're not here. That
0: is a real part of it. Like, cause it's happening to us now too, because it's, things are happening quicker. Seeing yes. our friends die, yes. seeing you know, and our friend, like, it's just to face mortality in so many ways has got to be very humbling.
1: So just to kind of like move it forward. Moving I think
0: through the challenges of parenting yes. your parent and um, like stepping in, like, have you ever felt the like a time that you had to like step in to do that against like the caretaking side of it, but just like, Making sure, you know, like making sure your parent is like, I guess it is still caretaking, but not in the 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 way that we were just speaking of.
1: You know, I there is a time it's one of the moments that's made me like the most proud of myself was like when I like after the Olympics, I was like making like good money for like the first time in my life. And I was able to like really help out my family mm-hmm pay for things and and get things like changed in the house and um I think that like my mom was so uncomfortable with like accepting Mm -hmm. this gift real because I, I think that that really felt like a dynamic change and then like after that it was like my my mom would ask me my opinion on her own ideas or like, it was just, we saw each other Mm. differently. And I think that my mom wasn't expecting me to do that. And she didn't ask for it. But I think that like, it was, um, I was so proud that I was able to do that. And it made me feel so good, but, you know, like helping out with finances or doing something like that is truly like, a. You know, you think of it more as like a a parent who would do that with a child and that I was able to do that. I just felt like I felt really good. I felt really powerful in that moment.
0: You know, I think about this episode of Insecure. Did you ever watch Insecure?
1: I wanted to say yes, but Mm. I'm going to say no because that's the truth.
0: Well, get on it. It's a really great series on HBO. You should binge it.
1: Oh wait, yes, 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 yes. I have seen it. I was yes. about to be okay. hella
0: disappointed.
1: No, um, I know, because I was like, it sounds so familiar. Okay, one all of right. the
0: later seasons, they Molly, who plays uh, Issa's best friend, was getting to the point where because she was the responsible child, she was the one with the career, and you know her ducks in a row and all the things. She wanted to make sure that her parents uh, plan had their estate plan together.
1: Right. And Zavon orgy.
0: Yes. I was like Yvette Yvonne Yvonne Orgy, who plays Molly. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she wanted to make sure that her parents had their estate planned out. And it was so real to me because it, it felt like as black folks, that's really not a thing that we do. But like, it's just one of those things that we avoid a lot and we're not prepared for a lot of the times, uh, whether th- like with life insurance and different things like that. And so it was really nice to see somebody in my age range and in my demographic introduce the topic to their parents um, mm-hmm. and stay with it. Cause you know, they they definitely were not feeling it and it was, a, it was very hard for her to get them to focus on it, but it matters because like, as we get into how things need to to be put together and not be a mess, that helps. There's a lot to it when someone passes and there's a lot of like loose ends and things that need to tie up. And so like having those conversations while your parents are still alive and still healthy and still in their right mind, it feels uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Well, because it is uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: And it feels really difficult to do. And it's like, I don't really know how to handle it, but I think my mom has gotten more open about the conversation. Like, she's always mm-hmm. been an advocate for life insurance. So she's mm-hmm. never, and you know, when we've all been, like, getting real jobs and having those uh, abilities to sign up for that stuff. Like, she was like, just make sure you always get your your life insurance and da-da-da-da. And so, and she would have those conversations with us so it wouldn't feel Icky, but it would. You know what I mean? Like, we'd be like, okay, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So now that she's trying to bring these conversations to us, I think we as a collective, me and my siblings, are trying to avoid it. So it's like, I think it's just going to take one of us
1: to be for real about it.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm really having a hard time doing that.
1: I mean, because it's a time for, like, you know, I've been saying, like, you know, I've seen my mom have that look in the mirror. It's a time for like, if you're having that conversation with a parent, it's time for it's a time for you to go like, okay, this is like where we are. Like this this conversation is like a a really important thing to have now while we're able to.
0: Yeah. And it's like the last time I was home for the holidays, um, we did. Me and my siblings did have the discussion and it's pretty obvious. My oldest sister has been my mom's caretaker for much of her time, you know, dealing with medical issues and doing the doctor's appointments and knowing the medicines and she keeps up with that stuff. But I think, you know, my sister just became a grandmother and things are changing in her life and things are happening in her life. There's also a lot of healing and things that she needs to do around having to be their caretaker and feeling obligated to and no one else doing it and stepping up and sharing that responsibility. So there's a lot of anger and hurt there. And now that my mom is getting to a point where we actively need to make some decisions, she's kind of the person that we're looking to to be the one that steps in and be like, can you take her in and make sure everything is good? But like, I feel bad that the responsibility is on her. And she's also feeling like she's Rejecting it now that it's like getting closer to that reality, so it's like we're gonna have to have another come to Jesus. And um, well, you know, with with my
1: grandmother, that's why my mom kind of took on the role. My mom was one of the younger siblings. Yeah. And so it was just, you know, it's a, it's very, I mean, you know, my, my aunts grew up in the forties, right? Ugh. Like the 1940s. Jesus. And so it's <laughs> like, they, you know, had their own kids and were married at like 17. But when my mom was born, they were like 16, 17. Yeah, that's so actually they were like, very
0: similar. Yeah.
1: So they're taking care of the younger siblings. I mean, I know when I was like 11, I was changing diapers for two yeah, kids. Yeah, that just, so it that
0: happens like, generationally a lot.
1: Yes. Especially in big families. Yeah, but like you that. end
0: up if you're always the caretaker like that, you do end up because my sister you end up being resentful because my sister yeah. my older sister was also looked to to caretake for me and my other sister who's closer to me in age as we were growing up because she's the oldest girl and we're girls. And so, you know, the boys could do whatever, but my sister had to like babysit. And then mm-hmm. now, you know, as we're older and my mom is getting sick, now she has to technically babysit my mom. And so it's like, I think she she spent a lot of her life having to be the caretaker. And I don't think anybody in my family has actively acknowledged that, mm. um, which is where the hurt and all that comes from. So it's, it's just going to be a really inter- interesting place to go into with my family as things start tipping more in that direction. It's just like, you know, family dynamics, good God, they're enough to deal with in general. But like the, having like major responsibilities like that, it, it's really.
1: It's a rocky road. It's rocky because it does. I mean, it's just it's a very complicated and it's a very nuanced conversation because I I I'll also like when my grandmother was getting much worse, my mom and one of her sisters, because my grandmother lived in Pennsylvania where my mom is. Right. And um one of my, my one of my mom's older sisters lived there. And they were the two who were, you know, primarily taking care of her on a day-to-day basis.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um when she started to get a lot worse, they have a sister that lives in Florida and she specializes in working with um patients who have like Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm-hmm. And my mom, you know, they they Brought my grandmother to Florida, and it was like, okay, it was just a very complicated thing of like, this is like, she's not ever coming back to Pennsylvania; she's going to Florida. Yeah, you know, my mom had to give up a lot of control, and and it was just, it was just very and weird. See, people don't like,
0: like to do that.
1: Yes, they act, yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't. I've and like my my aunt who specializes in working with these people with like, you know, failing minds was, you know, my mom is like, did she have her vegetables? did she have this? Did she have that? And, you know, my aunt is like, no, she had a diet Coke and, and chips. Like she wanted that. And my mom's like, what are you doing? Like she needs to whatever. And, you know, my aunt was like, Kelly, Kelly's my mom. She's like, Kelly, you know, at, at this, at point, this point,
0: baby girl.
1: Yeah. Like we're, if she wants chips the bitch can eat uh, chips.
0: <laughs> and that's honestly not everybody's opinions, which is like, carrots. Oh my God. Like, I make decisions like, for yes. my grandma. That's got to be so maddening.
1: Yeah, it was it was truly maddening. And you know, she she passed away two, I guess three years ago almost. Mm. Uh she I mean, like I said, she was a hearty Irish woman. Like her and, and it it was really hard to see her mind decline. And then mm. eventually she got COVID and she passed away from COVID. But she was like 95. Yeah. And the hard part was that, like, you know, there was no funeral because it was like in the heat. You know, she passed away in 2020.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that was really challenging. It really
0: was. Like, what a weird time.
1: What a such a I weird time. I went to time. my grandma's
0: funeral on Zoom.
1: Oh my God. You know God. what I mean? It's, like, it's just yeah. like,
0: or not Zoom, it was actually a, a Facebook Live for the family page.
1: Oh my God! Is that better or it's, worse? I mean,
0: horrible. But it was easier to like. Oh, uh, either way, I just is yeah. what a crazy concept. Because I even think about it as a single person right now, and who knows where my life will take me. But I don't know about having children, and so I don't even know what that would look like for me.
1: You know, I know what I mean? Like the
0: same thing. Who's gonna I take the same care thing. of me? Who's gonna parent me?
1: Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I want to I want to talk about one more lighthearted thing that like the parenting and being able to do things for your parents is um, my mom really loves to come and visit us in California. And I love being able to do that for her. Mm-hmm. Um, And I and she loves being here. But I do love being able to kind of do those things that like Maybe in the past she would do for me, but I love being able to take my mom to dinner, and I love when she comes and visits us, and it's
0: that is it's a really, blessing. You it's a blessing. Truly need to hold on to that because so many people don't get that chance.
1: Yeah, I I know that, and so I'm I'm really lucky for like those those um yeah those moments.
0: Oh, and hopefully you won't have to do any caretaking anytime soon. Me neither.
1: Hopefully the both of them. I'm knocking on wood for very healthy. Not
0: until I'm ready, but what does I look like? (laughs) What do you you think in in normalizing parenting our parents? What would you like to normalize?
1: I think that we should normalize having more of these conversations. We got to talk about it.
0: Open up with your siblings or whoever the people are.
1: And I think that like, it's just like being really honest with like, it's just a really difficult thing. And that like, there are going to be people who are acting stronger in your family unit unit or might take on that, uh, that initial caretaker position, but it doesn't mean it's any easier for them. Right. And I think that that is something to just keep in mind that like, just because somebody steps into that role, it doesn't mean that they're prepared for it or that it's something that they're ready for either. Um, and that's why I think we should normalize being a little bit m- more open about, you know, that that it is a really difficult thing to think about and, and something and a and very difficult thing to take on.
0: It is, but I also think we should normalize not letting that cripple us and in, in moving in the planning of that, um, even if it's uncomfortable and, and hard to do, because it makes things a lot easier when it comes time to do it. Because I know everybody, like how you're telling your stories about your grandma, telling mine, it's people don't know how to act when it comes time to take care of that matriarch, that patriarch. And so if we can make it easier on ourselves and come up with a plan and actually be open to communicating, maybe even having like some type of schedule involved if there's multiple players or if there's distance, figuring out a way to do it remotely, what like is there technology that is helpful? Are there nurses that can be hired? There is a place for us to understand the uncomfortable, not only understand, but to like soldier through the uncomfortable conversations to get to a place of of some form of preparation. So yeah, I think we should just normalize that there is a beauty in that responsibility of parenting our parent.
1: I also want to normalize, you brought it up as like, what a privilege it is to be able to like spend that time with your parents. It is. And so I think we should normalize like really being more present and grateful in those moments that we get to have with our parents and people like around us who are getting older and that are older than us and our mentors, because like, you know, just it's important because like, you know, no time is guaranteed, right?
0: Yeah none of it that was beautiful adam
1: well you said it i just said it with different <laughs> words so <laughs> that's As usual. the long
0: and short of this podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is
0: <laughs> oof adam what a topic what a what a conversation it just mm, my soul <laughs> I know, but it it's, it's a tough one. But, you know, we cover everything around here.
1: We do. You got
0: to be ready for it all. The good, the bad and the ugly.
1: Yeah. You know what I love about this podcast mm-hmm. is that we really do have these like conversations that I truly don't think that I would have if they weren't prompted.
0: Right. If somebody wasn't like, talk about what it's like to parent your parent.
1: Yeah, and it's um, important. And it's stuff it really that I is... need to
0: talk about. Like, I'm really yeah. not looking forward to bringing this type of thing up in therapy. I've been avoiding it, but now's the time. I feel more exactly. empowered to do so.
1: I feel the same. That
0: was sweet, Adam.
1: Oh. Well,
0: to keep the good feelings going, let's get into my favorite part of the show. Keep, keep it. Keep it. Or it.
1: Or it. it.
0: For you first timers, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> this segment is where we take a look at new social trends and decide if they're worth keeping with a capital K with glitter on it or mm-hmm. curving with a kick to the side of the road. Okay? Yeah. You
1: ready? I'm ready. I'm ready to keep with a K with or glitter. kick with glitter or curb the side of the to street the road. Of the road. Yes, okay. I'm ready.
0: With more and more people dating someone they either met online or through an app, there's a raise for concern on how well you really know the person behind the screen.
1: Mm, Mm -hmm. Say that
0: again. People need to be verified, okay? Yeah. Um, And many dating websites, matchmakers and apps don't actually run background checks on individuals that sign up. And I know this because I have never had to have a background check signing up for these apps. But some sites like Match are starting to have available resources for people to do so in order to keep themselves safe and to verify these suitors.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Everyone's got a past. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) Whether there's a rap sheet or nothing but goodness on that past of yours everybody's got a past but not everybody is upfront about that and what they've been doing in their lives okay Mm -hmm. so adam i ask you are we keeping or curbing background checks on your partner
1: okay Uh, one i think we should keep i think that that's um i think that that's a a, a trend on these online dating and matchmaking, you know, sites. That listen, I think I, wish that I had a, a friend that was a
0: detective because I would
1: ask my oh. friend
0: to just run them real quick through the uh, database.
1: Yeah, look, uh, can you give me something on this <laughs> out of the system for this one? But, well, you know what? Because uh, you know when you, I guess you know when you meet people on the street, like IRL, mm-hmm. right? you don't know the person you
0: don't know any of these fools
1: you don't know any of them but online i think that it's even it can be even worse because you know we would we, sometimes travel to these people i mean i met my husband on tinder i know like and in, in, from an he's you know was from another a whole country another place. and so it just there was a lot that i i didn't oh my gosh like you i felt like i didn't done know a
0: background check on on your husband
1: I've. I i do not even know who he who is. is. This man. I have no idea. I, need, even, I That's why I need a friend who is the the detective. To right. Run the, run background the background
0: check. check. I'm but, keeping a background check. Honestly,
1: I think that it's. I think that I've especially I've never these, done it to be honest. Yes.
0: In but any it would be dating nice or anything, have. but it would be especially now in my life. Uh, I'm you know on my way to being a public figure,
1: and. Some would say you're public.
0: Some would say I'm pretty public. But also, I want to know your background. I want to know. Eat. I need information. I need to know who I'm dealing with. Because there's a lot of, I don't know, there's scammers out here. I just need to know that you are connected to something and not just out here. What was that Dirty John and me?
1: Yeah. I don't need you to date Dirty John, Danielle. You know
0: what I mean? Scammers are real, Adam. And they prey on women like me.
1: Uh, Yeah, beautiful, smart.
0: Smart, single, wealthy. Yes,
1: Yes. (laughs) public. (laughs) They do. They're waiting for you. Oh,
0: please. I'm just speaking that into existence.
1: But no, for real. I I, I I think background checks are good.
0: Yeah. And if there's any websites, please, when you slide into our DMs to tell us what you want normalized, tell us what sites exist where we could currently go as a civilian and run background checks because I would really love to be able to do that.
1: Because I, well, I'll say that like, you know, you can do so much on your own, right? Like you can go on Instagram or a Facebook page. Neve has showed
0: us on Catfish. We can reverse Google image search.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) We know here. We know. We're
0: going to make sure you are who you say you are.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, I think like if there's big things, I think that I would like to know, you know, like big criminal offenses. I think that I should know.
0: I think you should. Yeah. So keep it.
1: I think we should keep. Love that. All right, Danielle. Mm -hmm. Our next keep or curb. Are you ready? So ready. Trevor Noah Mm. recently announced his departure from The Daily Show, saying he didn't feel that I love him too. I think he's just so great. So, so, I mean, I I was kind of sad because I love him on The Daily Show. I do. But what he was saying is that he didn't feel like the late night series like it it no longer represented the Holy Grail of comedy hmm. um and and also, like in that vein, CBS is also now ending the late late. Uh, show franchise after almost three decades. And the Dang. network is bringing back an old Comedy Central show to replace it. It's like a game show thing that they're going to bring back. Interesting, And that's because there's this shifting landscape of late night television. There's lower ratings. And, yeah, people and nobody trying is... to stay up
0: all night to watch that. I'll see the clip tomorrow.
1: No, and we all have streaming services <laughs> and we can watch things whenever we want. And right. so cable is just becoming more and more a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. So, Danielle... Should we keep or curb late night television? I'm curious to what you might yeah, have to say. Yeah,
0: I'm actually curious what I'm going to say because I feel very much a way about late night television becoming extinct before other people outside of white men got a chance to get their sink their teeth into it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I don't like that late night television is going away when we haven't had like a real a, a real prominent. We haven't and had like,
0: any other and I mean yes. you know italicized other hosts. Like when you think of late night, you think of Jay Leno, you think of you know, you think of uh Fallon, Kimmel, uh all the white men.
1: <laughs> right. And, and you know, Trevor like, they, Noah
0: represented a, a departure from that, a breath of fresh air. And every once in a while, you would catch a guest host on some of those, like a Leslie Jones and stuff like that. And it would be refreshing to yes. see people like that sit down with some of your faves. Um, And it's kind of sad that we didn't get a chance to see a shakeup of that, enough of a shakeup, because there also is like uh, the Amber Ruffin
1: show. Um, And I was just going to bring up her show i loved her show samantha b also had a show
0: yes which was amazing Mm -hmm. um we saw a little bit with chelsea handler Mm -hmm. um and and how great those perspective comedy uh conversation shows could go when there's some other type of representation involved so it's like dang i hate that they are antiquated now they don't represent the holy grail of comedy Comedy shows in the basements and those like you know New York uh, spots those represent I think the holy grails of comedy.
1: It's not the epitome of a career anymore. It's yeah, like, you it's know, not, it's like just people, so different.
0: Yeah, people people can go so many different avenues with comedy, but I think yeah, late night. I don't want to curb it. And I know that we can watch anything at any time, but they're the same way I feel like I'm going to sound like an auntie, like the same way that we used to anticipate album releases and going to the, the store to like buy the CD and to be able to like leaf through the papers. Um, To read about the songs, to see the lyrics is like the same way I feel about like late night television, like waiting to be like, yes. oh, my God, I want to see that interview with Denzel or, oh, my God, I want to see, you know what I mean? There's a nostalgic beauty to that, that I don't want to see go away. And uh, and I, I want to also see a chance for it to be diversified. So we are going to keep late night television if it gets it act together.
1: Well, you know what I think. I think that like with streaming is that there are going to be shows that feel late night. Yeah, and I think that like that's the way it's going to go. And I, I agree. think that like the Amber Ruffins and the Samantha Bees, like they've th- pioneered and they're kind of at the forefront of this like you know yeah, this changing of the, the guard, Z-ways. especially like Amber Ruffin. You yeah. know, like um, I-, I think that's what's really. Cool to see, but I think that that's what late night is going to look like. It, it it's going to look like you can watch it at any time, at any but time. It's, but it's it's giving after dark. It's giving after dark.
0: Yeah, because I've always wanted a late night show, to be honest. And
1: I mean, I think you'd be great on yeah, a late night show. I
0: really still want one.
1: And I think that you would be great. I think, like, I definitely can see you having one, like, on a platform that, like. You know it it's it just like I can see you you're just so good with talking with people and Listen, having people and I have opening ideas up. and
0: I'm funny
1: You are you are all you I are just, all of those yeah, things I so wanna give I skits, think um, I want
0: to give games I want to give conversations
1: Oh, so many good things you want to give. I want my house give. band.
0: I have a couple of ideas of like my house band. I don't want to reveal it because you know I'm going to have to No, this you show. have
1: to keep it under wraps. And you know I also want a show like that for myself. Like I want to be able to do that. Adam, and back like
0: up for first of all, Yes? <laughs> I'm just playing live your dreams. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know like I think that like that that there are more opportunities now mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be really Let's get cool our to see. Shows. I'm ready. And I'm ready to have you on mine all the time. If I can just be in the band on yours, I can just be the conductor or like the studio audience person giving all of like the uh, crazy reactions in like the third row. If that's what you need. Possibly.
0: Yeah. I'll think about it.
1: (laughs) Just think about it. Just know that I'm working on my facial expressions.
0: Nice. I'm going to have my people call your people. So stay by the Uh phone.
1: Okay, I'm always I'm always by it, but I think keep late night television so Danielle and I can have diversify
0: chefs. it. I did say not another white man, and Adam is trying to get his, but you know.
1: But I'm using the more the merrier lotion. Now
0: there's shea butter involved with this. Yeah, white so man, it's so like it's might, still very
1: white, but I'm really trying to be moisturized at least. It's soft white. Soft white. It's soft white. <laughs> it's soft white. <laughs>
0: I love it. Soft white is my favorite thing. Um, It's it's literally my favorite takeaway from this episode. Adam, what's your favorite takeaway?
1: You know, as usual, Danielle, I just, I love how open and honest you are I know you make me want to open up too and like
0: really got in there about my relationship with my dad it's you did
1: and like I didn't know if I would ever have a conversation (sighs) like that and talk about my own parents like that so again like always I really 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 appreciate you and you um yeah I love doing this with you so that's my yeah you you bear your soul and you make me feel comfortable to do the same so that was that's my Big takeaway. It's my usual takeaway from every episode, but I I mean it every single time. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I do think you're amazing. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I'll take it. Thank you, Adam. Um, Well, listeners, friends, family members, that's our time for today. We are so grateful that you could literally be anywhere on the Internet, but you are here with us. Please continue to do that because that just... It just makes me feel so good. Yeah, we love it. We, we really love, love that. it. Make sure you're also rating, commenting, and subscribing to Normalize This wherever you are listening to this podcast. And continue to reach out to us on social media and let us know what you want to see normalized. We are loving your suggestions. Keep them coming. My handles are the Daniel Young on Instagram and at RepSoDanny on Twitter. Adam, where do they at you
1: at? You can at me at Instagram, <laughs> at, at a rip or at on Twitter at Adam Rippon. <laughs> and we're loving the DMs. So keep them going because yes. we're, we're using your suggestions and we're Literally. normalizing everything that we can. So we love them. It's a we, so, creative. We love them very much.
0: So sexy.
1: It's so hot. <laughs> it's
0: so hot.
1: It is <laughs> <Until laughs> so hot.
0: <laughs> Until next time. This has been mm. normalized. this. Bye. Wait.
1: Yeah? <laughs> right. <laughs> Never mind. You guys can go. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. wait. Until next time, just if you're white, just be soft white.
0: Yeah. Don't do the hard white. It's out no. of, it's definitely out of, um, it's out of style.
1: It is. And cocoa butter is for everyone. That is that kind of how I want to leave this. <sighs> I don't know how I feel
0: about that, but, um...
1: Well, it's uh, it's gonna be for me. So you know what? Actually, that's how we I'll leave don't it. want okay. y'all to be dry.
0: It is for everyone. Go ahead. Okay.
1: Go, okay. go ahead. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all.
0: Get your cocoa butters.
1: Hey, listeners, we want to hear from you. Make sure you're following MakeSpringHill on all platforms for weekly show updates.